0: And then you'll if you look about halfway That's down it. the screen, you'll see microphone.
1: Um, I don't I see there's an, Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yes, microphone, yeah. Is it coming through let me let me ask you a question. I still don't know if it's actually coming through this snowball. If I talk like this, there's a certain level of volume, then yeah. if I talk like this, is it the same? No, it's much different. Okay, great, so it is coming through. It yeah.
0: is coming through and I will say uh, from one audio file to another, you sound amazing today.
1: Thanks. so do you. Thanks for bearing with me and thanks for talking with ASDFFG. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Space. And then SS in Simon D- <laughs>
0: okay. uh, Yeah ASDLKFJDSLKFJ space. S P L F J A D S F L K J. Thanks for joining another episode of oh, Maybe, Maybe Next. Next time. Time. <laughs> it's
1: hard to coordinate that by Skype.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host Simon McCormack.
1: It's nation! When does it get better? <laughs> Life is bad.
0: Right, right. We are, this is our first week in self-quarantine, so we are going to try to bring you this episode um, via Skype. We, of course, have have spoken with many of our um, guests via Skype. Too many to mention. Uh, Too many to mention. Can you see the video of me? Because I still can't of you.
1: Oh, that's probably because I got to return on my... It's all right.
0: You don't have to. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, there you are. There's a weirdly a throbbing heart in the right-hand corner. Do you see that? Oh, it's to allow us to add uh, bitmojis to what's going on.
1: I don't have that. I think, again, I think my version of Skype is... (laughs) Not quite
0: right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what could have flagged you as a potential um, non-actual person when you entered a name without a <laughs> single vowel. Oh no, there are there is one vowel, but there are <laughs> dozens of lowercase uh, <laughs> consonants. Um, all right, we are here as we are each and every unrelenting week. We we have no idea how long we will be um, on quarantine and coming to you remotely. Um, We are ultimately very close to one another. Yeah. fit Geographically, very close to each other. Um, If it's, you know, uh, sorry, Claire said something. I can't hear. I have these headphones in. They're going to be popping out throughout this thing because I have the little buds in, and my ears, I have, as you know, Simon, I have extremely narrow ear canals. Me too. That's one (laughs) of the many
1: things we bond over.
0: (laughs) All right. So this week is because nothing is happening in the NBA uh, and uh, particularly in Nets Nation, or at least anything that we really want to talk about. We're going to have a mailbag issue.
1: Now we should talk about KD testing positive. Well, for... well, yeah, yeah. yeah I want
0: I, to okay. I, I, I start. There's going to be two segments. The majority okay. of this for people, for people listening. And thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully this will provide a little break from the, uh, 24/7 onslaught of uh, plague news, but <laughs> um, we're going to get to the mailbags very soon. But I am gonna have we're gonna start with another segment that is called "What do What does Nets News look like during the coronavirus?" So these okay. are just some pulled out headlines that have happened over the last week in a obviously a. a, a News climate that is suffocated by one single story. Yeah, uh, probably rightly so. But we're not going to get into that. Um, so here are some stories that have come up in Nets Nation over the last week, and we can spend uh, twenty minutes talking about each, or literally, I could read you the headline and we could move on. It's it's whatever strikes our fancy. All right. Okay. I don't have a lot, like, personally invested in any of these, so you won't be hurting my feelings if you want to just move on. Okay. All right. First story. Spencer Dinwiddie and other players are into bobblehead night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing is... Simon, react! (laughs) (laughs) That is, if this... If this little rundown has the headline that I'm thinking of, that is – the one you just read is pretty much an 80th percentile.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess my only reaction to that story is that I, too, uh, am into bobblehead nights now.
1: Yeah, hang on. I just need to close my window. It's blowing in extremely cold air. One second. Yeah, absolutely no problem. (laughs) What I'll do – God almighty, those doors don't get, those windows don't get easier to shut. I, uh,
0: I've got, I think at this point, nine or ten bobbleheads.
1: Really? Um, Most of mine have been stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Would you call it self-theft? No, I mean, no, the people just take them. They take them from under my seat. They take them when I'm in the bathroom. They take them every time I get them.
0: Um, All right. I think we've spent enough time on bobblehead night. Okay. Uh, Who's going to be the new coach? That isn't one that we already talked about last week. We don't have to get into, but that's one of the stories. Yeah. Unless you have breaking news on that. No. Do you see this thing? It's just popping out of my goddamn ear. It doesn't look like it's popping out. This doesn't look like it's out of my ear. Well, I mean, you took it out. You took it out. No, it fell out. You took it out. (laughs) You're victim shaming. (laughs) Uh, all right. Will the hourly workers at Barclays get paid? Mm. They better be. They are, right? Yes. Supposedly. Okay. Is foot footing that bill? I hope. Yes. Excellent draft preview. I saw the first draft preview for the Nets. Did you Did you notice that article?
1: I did, and I haven't had a heart to look at it because I'm saving it up greedily because I know (laughs) I know Nets news is and and I mean as we've done that we've done two years of draft speculation as you know and each year actually you know what two years ago it was totally worthless like. We talked about dozens of people and maybe, like, slightly mentioned Kuruks, like, once as, like, a guy we didn't want and then quickly moved on and that was who we got. And then last year we mentioned dozens of people. We mostly (laughs) traded our picks, but we did get Claxton, who you at least mentioned once but my point is these drafts, especially early in the year like they are fun to read but it's hard the nagging feeling i get in my head is like one we're probably trading it but two even if we don't it's never the people that <laughs> that no th- no it's gonna no, no. <laughs> um it's
0: just i mean we only have ourselves to blame for not being as up on the bosnian national league as we should be right right Uh, Wilson Chandler, Simon is pissed about something to do with (laughs) self-isolation.
1: Yeah. You didn't read that article?
0: Uh, no, I didn't.
1: (laughs) Well, you might, uh, you might like it because I think it, well, I don't know. It's kind of millionaire's problems, but it does. So what happened? What, can I tell you what happened? Yeah, go for it. Okay. (laughs) We got nothing else to talk about. So... Basically what happened was, if I recall correctly, Wilson Chandler was walking in his building and the like, building manager, somebody who works for the owner of the, of the building, ha- descends upon him and is like, hey, did you test positive for the coronavirus because I saw that four nets – tested positive. So did you test positive? Cuz if you did, you need to, you know, stay out of the lobby and, you know, quarantine yourself and get in. And he was infuriated by that. As I think, you know, he should have been right rightly so. But it's 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 a very much like, you know, upper you know, upper end, like, oh, no, like, this is something that actually doesn't just affect the poor people. This is something we have to deal with. The only way we know how is to further isolate within our rich community, the people that we think might be, uh, might have this evil virus. Uh, and they talked to the post talked to a uh, a fellow uh, tenant who thought that the building manager was right on. you got to ask about someone's personal uh, medical information obviously Wow and uh, just just to keep him safe so yeah
0: All right uh, well we will be getting back to that Wilson Chandler story later in one of our um, mailbags. Oh great. Uh, final one KD is or is not returning. A uh, million stories have proliferated about that. Yeah. Um, and it seems like he won't. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know what? That's enough of the news. Okay. <laughs> you okay with that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just on the KD thing, it does seem like, again, I think we talked about this, but uh, the coronavirus has called KD's bluff. He is surely medically okay to play or will be if and when in June or whatever when this thing starts. Um, but he doesn't want to. So,
0: Right. Um, all right. We're getting to mailbags. Great. We should – firstly, we've gotten quite a few questions. I was surprised at how many questions we got. Uh, humbled. Yes, humbled. I agree. Uh, We are genuinely extremely grateful because, especially at a time when nothing at all is happening in the NBA, um, it's difficult to come up with something to talk about every week. Yes. Um, So please continue to send in questions on Twitter, on Gmail. Simon, what's our our handle? It's a little easier to get than your uh, Skype handle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it is a s d f g k l uh no it's uh at maybe next time on twitter facebook instagram uh and you can send us questions at maybe next time at com.
0: all right so hit us up and thank you to those who have already sent questions please send more uh these ones are really good yeah absolutely um, and I know I've put in quite a lot of time prepping for these, and I, I can only assume that the guy I'm staring at on the, on the screen in front of me has as well.
1: We had a lot of Skype malfunction that aided to my prep time. <laughs> did,
0: you, uh, did you Zoom or, or Skype with anyone yesterday? No. What's your preferred virtual connection
1: tool? Not Skype. Uh, I Zoom is fine. Um, I don't like Teams. I think Zoom is maybe my favorite, but it's just because I've had the least amount of trouble with it.
0: We did a uh, a Zoom happy hour with my my, yeah, yeah. my parents yesterday. So
1: oh, with your parents. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. A Zoom happy hour. Um, both of your parents are retired. Is that right? No. Oh. Yikes! Awkward. Uh, okay, so they did have a they did have something to celebrate. Oh, it was Saturday. I don't know. To me, happy hour is uh, work. Right, right, right. Like off of work thing. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. I'll shut up. Yeah. Keep it down. Um. First questions. We got three from at sets. Uh, our friend IRL, our friend on Twitter, mm-hmm. and friend of the cast. His first question, Simon, if you could trade KD and Kyrie, our dynamic duo, for any reasonable duo in the NBA,
1: Mm -hmm. who would it be? Okay, it is uh, John Morant and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh my god, that would be incredible. Well, so, and you know, my thinking is... uh, you know, Memphis is a small market team. There's a, there's a, you know, a potential that they, you know, are worried about drawing fans in and they think, you know, what's a good blockbuster thing? You know, we've got to, everything has got to be about tickets and merch, especially in this, you know, economic downturn that is eating billions of dollars away from in revenue. Um, we got to get, the showman, Kyrie Irving, and, uh, you know, one of the most beloved players in the NBA and one of the most beloved sports figures, Kevin Durant. And then we would have, you know, their core uh, of, uh, of two young, promising players.
0: I love that. Um, I think that there's absolutely no way that could possibly happen with uh, salaries and whatnot, but... Um I would so much rather be a Memphis Grizzlies fan right now than a Brooklyn Nets mm. fan.
1: Yeah, we would have to take back a lot of uh a lot of salary.
0: Yeah. Um so for me, I think this question brings up uh the issue of Kyrie Irving's market right now. Uh-huh. And I would say that it has to be As low as it has ever been, wouldn't you agree with that?
1: Yes, yes. I well, so when he was demanding a trade from Cleveland, it might have been lower because Mm. when he's when he's demanding a trade, they still
0: got a first, like a, a potential high lottery first round pick.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you could get that again. I, I, because again, I think people, the owners will look at it as dollar and cents, not as in like, oh, this guy's like a great winner. They'll think, okay, this is one of the, I don't know, at least top ten most popular players.
0: All right. Well, my thinking is that it's it's close to no one because to to nothing because his. Injuries are so scary, and the growing body of evidence that he is a uh, toxic locker room presence has gotten so high that I think he would really undercut it. Yet the value of KD is obviously all in the eye of the beholder. I know The Athletic just came out with all the writers from the, um, the Atlantic division saying who the best player would be next year in our division. Uh Like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Pascal Siakam. And to a person, they all said they thought it would be Kevin Durant.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's flattering. Um, Right. But I think it's still very much unknown, and we've talked about this. Uh, He could still be a top three guy in the NBA, but there's a very real chance that he's not even a top 50 guy. Um, So in that sense, I tried to think of – a couple of duos that we might realistically be able to get in terms of sort of contracts and like um you know relatively equivalent maybe talent swaps. Okay. And you can tell me how far off I am on on these. First one would be a straight up 2 for 2 deal. We get we give KD, what's up Hilzo? We get uh, we give up, Katie and Kyrie. We get back Bradley Beal and John Wall.
1: The, oh my God! <laughs> you want to talk toxic asset? That I mean, guy he
0: has a big contract.
1: There is. I think there was someone who. Um, I on one of those like first take shows or whatever, they were talking about like you have to attach an asset to John Wall's contract to get him to get him off of your team, and they were like, "There's not an asset in the world <laughs> that is sweet enough."
0: Well, yeah, I would say John Wall is our Kyrie Irving.
1: Okay, I'm not ready to go there yet.
0: But, and then but. you're betting that Bradley Beal as he healthily moves into his prime is going to be better than Kevin Durant as he sort of transitions into his post prime post Achilles injury. So that's a bet that I I could see probably no one but me liking um, taking. But anyway, that's one of the two. The other one would be Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday. Tasty, tasty, tasty.
1: (laughs) Yikes. You're out? That, these are truly depressing uh, tra- trade backs.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, not, 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 I don't think we have a reasonable swap. Like, we couldn't, like, since he added the reasonable tag, um, I think yours is a very exciting one, though. I don't think it's reasonable and that no one would give up, like, the future of the NBA, I don't think. Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I, th- I think that a team... Again, if you're just betting... John Morant is worse than Kyrie Irving right now. He's a much worse shooter. Uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. is certainly worse than Kevin Durant. I mean, even if Kevin Durant is a top 50 player, Jaron Jackson is not a top 50 player, right? Uh, could or, be. Okay, but I think you're more likely to say Kevin Durant is going to... A, uh, to uh, to be a better player for you and again in a small market team that's probably constantly counting the cents I, I, I do think mine is somewhat realistic but I know you're. A, but you couldn't trade that fanatic.
0: because we. How are they? How are we going to get seventy
1: million dollars worth well, of things so from? Well, so I'm not talking about a mid-season trade where you do have to match those things exactly. You you can figure out a way where yes, they get it. They generate a massive trade exception. They shed some contracts one way or another. I, I would suspect that they do not have very. High, they have a lot of room. If if they, and and you know you peel it off, you give us you know whatever whatever matching hundreds but it doesn't have to be exactly right at 70 million if you do it in the off season.
0: <laughs> okay, Pre-cap. I think I, th- I think we've spent enough time on these <laughs> things that are, have no basis in reality whatsoever. But thank that was a great first question. Next yeah, question, you. if you had to pick a celebrity to be the next head coach of the Nets, who would hmm. it be and why? Okay. You you go first. All right. So, I want because As, you know, it's it's very obvious, I'm pretty down on Kyrie Irving. (laughs) Um, And so I want to get a coach in there who is so beloved that when inevitably things go very, very bad next year with Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. no one can be like, well, it was just a bad situation. I can see where he's coming from, et cetera, et cetera. I want the celebrity coach to be like so ensconced in sort uh-huh. of like a lore and, and so beloved by people mm-hmm. that know that like Kyrie is going to look like the bad guy and he can no longer be, be the Gandhi of the NBA. Right. Right. Um, so this is a person who, for whom I do not have these feelings of intense like reverence and, and love and admiration. You okay. may, be, may be picking up on who it might be. Um, it is former U.S. President uh, Barack Obama. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> because I think people would side with him as being a good leader um, be, uh, over, over uh, Kyrie Irving on that one. Right. He could uh, he could help Simon. He could help lead the Nets to uh, expanded drone strikes throughout the world, a universal health care system that uh, still leaves tens of millions uninsured, and a deportation program that makes George W. Bush look like uh, Mother Teresa. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I mean, another another option on that spectrum would be Tom Hanks, uh, America's <laughs> sweetheart. Uh, I would love to see Tom Hanks coach the Nets. Um, assuming – I assume he's survived his coronavirus uh, bout. Um, yeah, I anyways. think he
0: said he was achy for a couple
1: days. Get well soon, Tommy. <laughs> um, Too soon, Tommy. So my pick is Drake. Uh, okay. I know Drake is, is a diehard Toronto fan. But, you know, if the money's right uh, – th- and he, I know he's friends with KD – uh, he he would be out there he would provide his same you know outrage uh, he basically was already on the sidelines uh pretending to coach for Toronto this would be a seamless transition
0: <laughs> all right uh, i'd love I'd love it just to see how uh irate Toronto
1: fans would get over the whole yeah thing. yeah it'd be another kick in the teeth
0: um. All right, final one. What TV shows are the net starting five watching during the quarantine? I've got one. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, he, he comes up in a lot of my answers today, as people will soon discover. Um, DeAndre Jordan is watching Love is Blind, Simon, because he is a direct beneficiary of that adage. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, have you watched Love Is Blind yet? No, but I know the premise. You know the premise. Are, is it in the queue? Uh, when do you think? At what point will you be driven to that in the uh, in the quarantine? Like how right how now, many weeks, months would it take before you get deep into Love Is Blind?
1: Well, so right now we are pretty much exclusively just watching Parks and Rec. Um, it it has satisfied – it has it, it fallen – it has like filled the void that was left after Frazier got pulled to the NBC <laughs> uh, thing where it is just like perfectly nice. There's never a point in any episode when you're like seriously stressed out. And it's just like, it's pretty funny at times, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to win any, I mean, it probably did win some awards, but it's not going to win any Simon awards for like most funny show. But, you know, there's some moments, you know, Chris Pratt, actually, Hillary was bringing this up, like Chris Pratt has become now like this, like really muscly, like, he was a pudgy, dorky kind of guy. Exactly. And I think he's also become like a weird religious zealot, but like prior to Christian religion, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think it's like Scientology. I think it's Christian. Okay. But, um, and that kind of led to the split between him and uh, Anna Faris. Uh, but um, but anyway, yeah, it, it reminds you that he used to, like you said, like a pudgy dope. Right. It's his, like, comic shtick.
0: Um, all right. So you, you're watching That Cry for Help. Uh, what show did you... Um, oh, for a uh, for,
1: host... Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is watching Shark Tank. Oh uh, a show that is always on TV if you ever are in a or if you have cable or if you are in a hotel that has cable, you can always find Shark Tank right usually on CNBC a, a, um, a network for the people
0: you can you can you can be sure that that and uh, Triple
1: D are on. Right, diners yes. drive-ins, diner's, diners drive-ins. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think he he watches that to know what you know a good entrepreneurial uh, you know what the, what the what the sharks are looking for in an entrepreneurial <laughs> project. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's mine.
0: All right, very very good. Thank you, Seth. Uh, hit us up with yeah, more questions. You. I loved those ones. Uh, next one up is from our friend Tom Dre Blatches. Um, He says he has a two-parter to start, and then there's a third follow-up, which we'll get to. So I'll read both the questions to start. Does the ratio of NBA COVID infections extrapolate to an accurate depiction of U.S. cases, number one? And two, should the NBA kick off the remainder of the season, if we have one, with a play-in-playoff tournament? Parentheses, the answer is yes. So to the first question... I actually, I was just going to say I have no idea, but I'm going to say I've got a new little conspiracy theory about this. Okay. So I'm going to say it doesn't extrapolate to an accurate depiction of U.S. cases, the ratio, because I think the NBA may actually have a higher rate of infections due to the amount of contact that players have with medical professionals. Who obviously get infected at a much higher rate than other people. Huh. Okay. You know, because there's so many doctors that they're all going to constantly for their own issues, for medical checks, et cetera, et cetera. And you'd imagine some of those doctors are having to work in this current climate on things
1: like uh, COVID. Are they? I mean, I certainly hope they are. I would assume they are just NETS doctors.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how any of this works, so uh, yeah. you can take a swing at that question, or we could just move <laughs> on to the next one.
1: Uh, so I actually think that it is. I think. I think that if anything, it's actually under. But I. I think that you know, like the California governor was saying that, like his whatever medical experts are telling him, 54 percent of the population in his state is going to get it. Uh huh. I think that's roughly what the U.S. is going to get eventually. I think about 50 percent of the population is going to have it.
0: All right. Next question. Uh, Should we kick off the remainder of the season with a play-in playoff tournament? Um, I'm going to start this one. Okay. I think a play-in tournament sounds amazing, first of all. Uh, I would love it if they did a thing where the – eight teams from 5 to 12 had to play for the last four spots. Yeah. And it would be my hope in that situation that the Nets actually lost the play-in tournament so that we could keep our first-round
1: pick. Hmm. Now, what do you think about the danger of doing that? To me is this is a apparently historically weak draft, especially at the top, uh-huh. uh, where Kevin O'Connor was talking about like paying the first pick of in the draft $10 million is probably going to be an overpay, which is just unheard of. Um, and uh, whether you think that us giving our pick to the Hawks or whoever now gets it, I think the Hawks may have traded that now. The
0: Hawks traded but, it, yeah. I yeah, think to but, Minnesota, who then okay. I think traded it to Golden State. <laughs> okay, that thing
1: is <laughs> wrapping around. So, yeah. so anyway, so we're whoever gets it. If we're yeah, I, I would rather personally, I would rather give that pick away for this year so that we can have our pick in two thousand twenty-one. But um, so I, I'm down with the play-in tr- tournament. I would be curious, I just have no idea what these teams will be playing like in, say, June, right? I mean, you could have argued if we were actually practicing that, like, the Nets it would have benefited the Nets because we have a new coach who could then give them, like, basically a training camp and, you know, get them up to speed on what he wants to do and, and whatever, like, defensive and offensive changes he wants to implement. But now, they're not. they're certainly not practicing together. They're not even allowed in their... Uh, buildings, any- they're not even allowed in their practice facilities anymore. So uh, it's just going to be totally weird, I think, to see how what these what these teams look like if they actually get to play again.
0: Yes, it will be. It will be very very strange. Um, but yeah, I think that they are. I I I I I think this is a great as it is in many different sectors of the world right now. It is such a a unprecedented event that people really are seriously considering things that otherwise would have taken a much longer time to potentially adopt. Mm-hmm. But, but like, for years people have lamented, like, the first round being a best-of-seven series when, like, the 1-8 matchup is, usu- is, is inevitably a bloodbath. It's just a very, very boring... W- You know, prolonged series that none of the owners want to get rid of because they want the receipts from all those games, even if their team is getting pummeled in them. Um, So this is just a good chance to sort of rethink it. And there are a lot of really creative, different ideas out there on what they could do in that first round. So hopefully something happens. Um, He also asked, Tom also asked, because the Big 3, have you heard about what the Big 3 is doing? No. They're trying to get some sort of tournament together right now while basketball is sort of shut down and, like, quarantine. Like, it's a part tournament, part reality show where they get, like, a bunch of basketball players to go live in, like, a secluded place. And then they're going to play in a big three tournament.
1: Okay. Are people going to watch them?
0: I mean, theoretically. Yeah, I think so. I don't, huh. I don't I don't I don't know much about, beyond what I just said and what I just said also may not be totally accurate but that's okay. f- sort of what I've I've heard. Um, so Tom Tom Dre Blatch has asked what is the best big 3 team composed of current nets can they beat a dream team of former nets including Brolo, uh, the f- current reigning Big Three MVP Joe Johnson and the ghost of Drazen Petrovic. (laughs) Um, So who would our best current Big Three team be? This did devolve into a debate which, uh, between between us on text, Simon, on who the greatest Utah Ute of the 90s was, mm-hmm. uh, Keith Van Horn or Michael Doliak, <laughs> uh, you seem to be like a pretty hardcore Van Horn guy. Oh, yeah,
1: it's not even close. It's not even close? No, Van Horn was was lethal. Look at their NBA careers. Yeah, I'm, tell not, me.
0: I'm not talking. We're not talking them in the NBA. We're talking them it, playing in the pit mm-hmm. against the Lobos. Michael Doliak was a legit seven footer who dominated the Lobos. Hello? Okay. We're back. We had a system overload. I have no idea when we went out, but um, I apologize for those <laughs> listeners out there who won't get to hear the scintillating things we were saying about Mike Doliak and Keith Van Horn. but uh, well, you don't
1: know when we got out?
0: It wasn't that long ago. It couldn't okay. have been that long ago. Uh, anyway, you missed a bit of that. Anyway, who are who is the, the team of current Nets or recent Nets? Mine are recent Nets. Okay. Um, so I have I have kind of defied the question a bit. Uh, that would go up against Brolo, Joe Johnson, and Ghost of Drazen Petrovic.
1: Okay. Who are who are yours? Mine are uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Jared Allen. Oh, nice! I think those three. I think those three could do some damage.
0: That'd be a good team. I have a team that I think is built for the big 3. Okay. Uh we're going to start our big man. We're going to give the ball, the rock down to Ja, Jalil Okafor. Okay. <laughs> uh the guy running the show is going to be Archie Goodwin. Okay. And our arf- offensive spark plug is going to be Sean. Kill Patrick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's going to like that. Yeah. Those Shawn guys could use a call. up Yeah. No, those guys as, are going to Archie. leave it
0: all on the court. They all, they all really want another sniff at greatness. Um, and I think they would really bring it. Whereas like KD and Kyrie would, would sort of turn their nose up at the idea of being in a big three situation.
1: Mm, to me, I think they might, if, if all they have to play with is each other, they yeah. might, uh, they might really enjoy it. Uh, okay. So can I tell you, I also had, I composed a big three of, of Nets legends. Okay. Do you want to hear that? I would love to hear that. Great. great. Okay, Is this Jason... like your
0: NBA 2K
1: legends yeah, exactly. thing? Yeah, exactly. It's Jason Kidd, who I think is probably the greatest net of all time. Okay. Get at me if people disagree. <laughs> Blue check mark. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, then Vince Carter, slam a jam of Vince Carter. And then he's probably not the he's not the third most talented net, but I think he'll do the dirty work. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin is like peak goon of of Netsville. Him and Reggie Evans probably are two of the biggest goons this this franchise <laughs> has had in some times. You are a
0: man obsessed with a goon.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. That sounds like an excellent <laughs> team. Uh, thank you for the questions, Tom Dre
1: Blatches. Yeah, thank you.
0: We're sliding into our DM questions now. This one is from IRL IRLJZ, Z, uh, friend of the podcast. So this one's about Wilson Chandler, Simon. Mm-hmm. And he provided a little quote that I'm going to read in full because, one, we have time. Right. We've mm-hmm. always got time on this cast. Yes. And we like to, you know, if someone sends us a question, we want to fully flesh out what they've, what they've asked. Okay. So do know that if you send us a question, it will be read in full. Yes. On our podcast. So this is a quote from a Nets Daily article. Uh, this is Wilson Chandler speaking. I had a good conversation with this guy named Elliot Perry, who's a former player, including with the Nets, retired a while ago, and he's actually a minority owner of the Grizzlies. We had this good phone call about art. He's a big art collector, and I've been diving into that world a lot the last few years. So I was just kind of on the phone with him talking about thoughts on art appreciation. It's kind of refreshing to have someone who played in the NBA and is still in the NBA as an owner share that kind of knowledge with me. Simon. Yes. I'm gonna to get to IRL Jay Z's question soon. But do you okay. remember that two years ago this exact same article came out about Karis Levert? Yes. All right. So two years ago, April 2018, this exact same article comes out about Karis LeVert, how he's going to become an art collector. So I actually looked up my notes from that podcast because okay. Dan Lipkin had asked us a question right. similar to the one we're going to get to about from IRLJZ. Lip Sanity. Lip Sanity. Sorry. And I just want to read you my answers From then, because I think it's kind of a funny sort of time traveling thing back into where we were at in Nets fandom uh, like two years ago, exactly. Sure. All right. Uh, My first one was Munk's The Scream, Uh and that was for Quincy A.C. taking a shot. (laughs) That, um, that analysis is as true now as it was then. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one was Damien Hirst's The Physical Impossibility of Death in the Mind of Someone Living, which is basically uh, this giant shark inside a tank of formaldehyde.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Um, and for me at that time, it was Timofey Mozgov because he was this massively expensive thing that is just sitting there rotting.
1: Right. Yeah, boy. It's so amazing how much things change. Like, I haven't thought
0: of those two people in a very long time. I miss Mozgov. I don't miss AC. I don't miss AC. But there was something (laughs) lovable about Mozgov.
1: He was a true bum.
0: Um... The next one is oh, this is kind of funny. This is um, Renee Magritte's "Ceci ce n'est pas un pipe"? The this is not a pipe. The picture mm-hmm. painting of a pipe that says this is mm-hmm. not a pipe. Um, and I wanted there to be a picture of Rondé Hollis Jefferson with the line "This is not a power forward." Underneath <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, Rondé, that was a time when we we like the. We were sure if the Nets could just get a power forward like Julius Randle or an Aaron Gordon, then they would be championship bound.
1: Yeah. Uh, or, or dream, dream upon dream, uh... God, like, plus Sixer. The, God, what is Tobias his name? Tobias Harris? Tobias Harris. Yes, yeah, Tobias just give him Harris. a max deal. He's obviously <laughs> worth it. <laughs> All
0: right, I got a couple more. We'll go. I'll go through these quickly. Spencer Dinwiddie was Andy Warhol. Uh, I don't really understand my notes on this. It's the age of mechanical reproduction, and you know exactly what you're going to get. I don't remember why I was mad at Spencer at that time, but that, that uh, critique does not seem to... Hold up quite as well as the others um, <laughs> Jalil Okafor Oh this is kind of funny right. uh, Van, Van Gogh right? Because yeah, he yeah, was neglected yeah. in his age Only that. to have his genius <laughs> dis- Rediscovered later
1: <laughs> <laughs> I totally remember that yes.
0: And the final one Oh this is horrible uh, Damari Carroll is Basquiat Because he has dreads And is fashionable and cool Okay. Okay So What IRL Jay Z has asked us to do is recommend some art for some Nets players. Time for the sports world to dig into the world of fine art. Yes. I have three suggestions here. Okay. Um, Would you like to give one or should I do my first one?
1: Uh, sure. I can go. Uh, so my first one is, uh, Mark Rothko, any Mark Rothko. They're all the fucking same, uh, to, uh, color, Ky- color. Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. I think he would really like it. You you know, it, it seems like a real, um, you know, thing that he could be pretentious about and say that he totally gets it. And it's a, you know, a profound, you know, experience to look at it Uh, that seems like his sort of bag
0: yeah totally i could see that i have one for Kyrie too it's it's for similar logic um so my first one is deandre jordan and for deandre jordan i would compare him to a uh a renoir Ah. so so renoir for me is a notoriously overrated uh painter he is I think his reputation is largely inflated because he, because of his friends and contemporaries who were the impressionists like Monet and Degas. Um, mm-hmm. So he is grouped into this category and thus revered as this great sort of artistic genius when really the majority of his portraits are just like these puffy, pink, very banal women that are not... It's not interesting at all. Um, so I think that... For in that way, DeAndre Jordan is similarly, like, on this team only because of his relationship with these other great right, players. Right,
1: right. Uh, and there's a, there's a big backlash against Renoir, right? Like, there's a whole, like, blo- I don't know, popular blog thing that's like, Renoir sucks, and there's been stories about it, Yeah, right?
0: there was, like, a, there was, like... A, um, take the Renoirs down or something like that, yeah, where they were yeah. trying to. You know People his, are uh, fed up. Yeah. You know that his son is um, was one of the great filmmakers of the 20th century, right? No.
1: Oh, Renoir.
0: Yeah. He made Rules of the Game and uh, The Grand Illusion. Pro- I think you've probably seen one of, one of those. I hope not.
1: Uh, <laughs> sounds French. Uh, uh, okay. Um, my... <laughs> yeah,
0: you got yourself on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, zingo. Um, my next one is, uh, and I don't exactly remember the title of this, but it's the um, pointillism one that's like uh, an evening or an afternoon on Le Grand Jatte or yeah, something. Yeah,
0: uh, Le Grand Jatte, yeah, by, uh, by, not Surratt. Yeah, Surratt. Yeah, Surratt. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, that, I think, is something that. Uh, I, I could see um Jared Allen getting into. I think he would be like, Oh, a lot of dots. Boy, that's a lot of dots. He really did all of them? <laughs> I I could see myself really just sticking to it and doing a few dots. Uh I, that that's yeah. That that's my reasoning. Just a just a feel I have.
0: Uh that's a very good one. I I could totally see him um yeah, nerding out on on the dot thing, or just like a hyper realistic painter. Oh, yes. you know, like photo realist painting.
1: That's kind of like me. Yeah, maybe I could recommend that. Uh, the light, the one. greatest art piece I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, with the yeah, with the. Um... The real working lights on it.
0: <laughs> so mine for Kyrie Irving is Jeff Koons. Are you familiar with Jeff Koons? The name I know, but I don't think I would. So he's basically what everybody hates about contemporary art. <laughs> um, he's a guy who basically has like a factory of art slaves make all his stuff that he can then sell for millions of dollars because like he's now just a brand.
1: Uh, he's alive now?
0: Yeah, he's alive. He's a wor- wow. He's actually not that young. Yeah. I mean, not that old. Hmm. Um but yeah, and so he, he's he's Probably, you know, fetches one of the High, like, um, you know, sells every Work of his for millions of dollars um, And I feel like his Sort of conversion Of the artist into a Brand is something very akin To what Kyrie is doing with basketball Player, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. He's, he's Sort of at this point, you know, 20 games A year or so, but basically basketball Player in name only mm-hmm. um, It's just like It's just part of his brand without really having any actual relationship to uh, basketball playing at oh. this point.
1: Okay. Just like yeah. Jeff
0: Koons has no actual, you know, relationship to artistic creation. any longer. How
1: does Jeff Koons have uh, get away with that?
0: I mean, the art market is just this massive sort of asset bubble that rich people throw money at anything contemporary. And, and uh i don't think anyone cares much what it looks like or what it does and some of his stuff has been pornographic like he did this pornographic series of him and his, his i think it is at the time his wife um so you know that's kind of titillating and exciting
1: okay okay and that was him that wasn't his art uh yeah,
0: he was actually in those. But then, yeah, most of his stuff are like um, he's he did a really famous sort of like a balloon dog. You know how how there'll be like someone outside a stadium who ties up those balloons into shapes. Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. did one of those, but it was like a giant gold one of those of a dog that he put on the roof, and it sold. It was at the Met, and it's now worth you know tens of millions of dollars. Huh. Okay. Yeah. What
1: a scam! Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So my last one is uh, this is for Wilson Chandler, and it's Molly Crabapple's work. Oh, Uh, and that's because yeah, because Wilson Chandler has been tweeting stuff uh, that's like he's watching. He's clearly watching the debates, and you know he's you know said like I don't know what a I don't know lambasting Biden. Uh, he, you know, he said, you know, things about Trump, which I know does not really set him apart from, uh, plenty of people, but he's, he's clearly politically minded, contemporary politically minded, as is Molly Crabapple. Great. Um, I'm starting yeah. to
0: like Wilson Chandler more and more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do a genre here. hmm. Um, and my genre is going to be conceptual art. Okay. Um, and so my dream has always been my my conceptual art vision has been a room full of empty tuna cans, and then when someone like approaches the room and looks at it, I'll just scream at them about how they don't get it. <laughs> and so,
1: <'cause> thank God <laughs> you are not a contemporary artist.
0: So, uh, so conceptual art for me is—I mean, obviously it's just it's all about the idea. Right? Not some (laughs) inherited notion of what is beautiful.
1: Um, Yeah. They got that right, those conceptual artists.
0: And since it's all about the idea, this genre, to me, is very much like Kevin Durant right now.
1: Oh, William! So,
0: conceptually, Kevin Durant is a top three NBA basketball player, right? Yes. But he is, at this point, purely an idea Yes. He is totally in our minds. Whoa. He is a room full of empty cans of tuna. And for those skeptics out there who don't get it, it's just because you don't get it. But, but it's really profound when you do get it, like Nets fans.
1: Right. I mean, God, yes. I mean, <laughs> it, we just hope that he, he remains an idea. I mean, you don't actually hope that, because no, then I,
0: we stay. have got to see him sooner than later. Yeah. Um, all right, so
1: that's those are our questions. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone.
0: And a lot of a lot of podcasts when they when they do a mailbag episode will discriminate and pick out say a few of the questions that they got that were you know they got a lot of questions on a theme, so they'll just pick one of them. We, we want to make the Maybe Next Time guarantee. Guarantee. On this cast today, live in front of you, that if you submit a question to this podcast, we will 100% respond to that question. Yes. I can't think of anything in this world I would rather do.
1: especially post-quarantine
0: world (laughs) post-quarantine world then respond to your mailbag questions yeah sure um where do you think we should solicit do you think we should take out like a personal ad in uh i don't know the new york review of books or something or (laughs) where do you think we might be able to find people that are that are hungry to ask questions
1: uh, does it have to be a publication? No, it can be anywhere. Um, I think I think we should just pay to play on um, Facebook, William. Fa- oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. They've yeah. got they've got their fingers on the pulse of uh, you know whatever what they know what we want before we want it before <laughs> we know.
0: All right, I'm in. Um, so we'll throw some money down on an ad just to get questions from you that we promise to answer. Yeah. Um, all right, Simon, how are you spending the rest of this blessed uh, day in quarantine?
1: Well, I found out Gueros isn't open until 5. I mm. have not eaten anything, as I mentioned to you, uh, before we started rolling. So it's I'm 3 very p.m., hungry. yeah. So I have to figure that out. Uh, so some kind of food. And then I've just realized to my horror that The Dig has put out another two-hour. I thought I just had the oh, two hours no. of, of NYC <laughs> socialist candidates, uh, to listen to, which I have been listening to and I'm glad I'm listening to. I think it's good. But then there's a whole other coronavirus one that's like two hours. So Oh,
0: it's by Mike Davis. Mike Davis is amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the sort of terrible thing I need to hear, which is, <laughs> which is that I now feel obligated to listen to that. So I thought I was going to have some free time, but I don't think so. <laughs> You Maybe have we'll one watch a movie later. you
0: have one hour and fifty-eight minutes worth of content ahead of you minimum.
1: Yeah, oh and that's just Mike Davis. Right. Then um, I've still got to finish the other one. What about you?
0: Well, you know, we watched a movie last night. We what watched did you watch? <laughs> I would wouldn't recommend uh, <laughs> we watched Between Two Ferns, the movie. Ooh.
1: That's a Galifianakis.
0: That's an hour and twenty two. I ain't getting back.
1: I never, I only know of it as the thing, as the show that Obama went on to get people to keep using the, um, the Obamacare website.
0: Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I wouldn't, wouldn't highly recommend. It was fine. Um, I kind of want to watch Knives Out, as I mentioned to you the other yeah, day. Yeah, you
1: should. It's it's really good. Uh, Chris Evans shines. Uh, also, um, we watched Some Kind of Wonderful. Have you ever seen that? It's a John Hughes production, though not directed by him, and doesn't have, like, the Brat Pack. Some Kind of Wonderful? Yeah. I think no, I
0: don't, I don't think I
1: have. Yeah. It's, um, let me make sure that that's right here, but... Yeah, it's it's some kind of, it's like uh it has that guy who's also in kicking and screaming, the guy who is um, Chet, the bartender, like the older um like 25 oh, Eric year older. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. He's the main character. Um anyway, right. and that's on what? That's on Prime. It's free. Oh, Prime me, baby. All right.
0: Um adding that to the queue. Yeah, yeah also it's watched good. a little Dirty Money.
1: Ooh. And you've got the Kushner one?
0: No, I watched the um, Wells Fargo one they just did. Ah, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's the latest episode that they just dropped. Okay. About the systematic um, <laughs> scamming of its customers.
1: Right, right, right. Very nice. Yeah. Um,
0: anyway, all right. Well... It's been great talking and seeing you, and I'm glad we're able to make this work, and it means we can keep podcasting through this uh, coronavirus.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you know, we'll see. Uh, We had a lot of trouble before. I can't promise you I won't repeat some of those missteps.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, it's been good talking. Um, Let's keep in touch this week, and maybe we can walk at a distance near each other again? That sounds perfect, dude. Okay, uh, it's been good seeing you, and we will go ahead and uh, see ya! See ya. Uh, next, next time! I was tired of my lady
1: We'd been together too long Like a worn-out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like pina colada